0: Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
1: Stars could shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see
2: Welcome to
3: Express Yourself. The first wealth is health, and that's a quote by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Jovan Hundle, and today's show is about the gift of health.
0: I'm Brigitte Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. Please visit bethestarur.org to make a tax-deductible donation and get more information about how you can be a part of our mission to increase literacy and positive message media. It's always the season for giving, so give big. So today we have Joven back with another installment of his reporting segment, World Watch. Hi, Joven.
3: Hey there. Now, keeping in line with our health-themed show for today, I wanted to use this segment, World Watch, to talk a little bit about teaching our children everywhere about true self-esteem and how to apply that. Now, starting from a young age, uh, many children partake in activities that will give them the much-maligned participation award. In other words, they're conditioned to receive praise for putting in effort or even just showing up. Now, for all its criticism, this inherently is not bad at face value. We do want everyone everywhere to be proud of themselves, even if they're not the best in some arbitrary category. But herein lies the issue. Excessive affirmations can prove to be devastating in the long run. Now, as I'm sure we all know, life has a way of putting us down. And as we grow older, this happens more and more. And so what we need to be doing now is teaching our kids how to cope with this. Um, As we grow older, um, affirmations like participation awards become harder and harder to come by. Doing the same thing you received praise for 10 years ago might not garner you that same praise now. And that is completely logical. You do have higher expectations the older you get, which does bring me to my point here. What we do need to start doing is teaching our students that intrinsic motivation is better than extrinsic motivation. They need to start learning from a young age that they'll be able to accomplish so much more if they're the ones that wanna achieve something instead of them trying to achieve something for someone else. When you're the one that wants something, instead of somebody else wanting something for you, you'll do a lot better. It has been proven time and time again that intrinsic motivation is better than extrinsic motivation. And now there are a few ways to teach our kids this. For example, an issue, an idea I've heard is to do away with, you know, the allowance system completely. So for example, instead of giving p- kids just money for doing a little job and teaching them consumerism, they should do the job anyway, yet in a way that will instill in them a work ethic and teach them responsibility, the importance of um, looking after themselves and anything like that. As they grow older, um, they will see the benefits of this. You know, they may grumble about it and... Um, Not like this originally, but as they grow older, they will see the benefits of this and will help them in real life then. If life does end up bringing them down they'll be able to just get right back up again. For example, I was talking to a friend of mine just the past year, after the past school year, and he was talking to me about how, you know, he had felt that he had worked really, really hard this past school year. He did all of his homework. He did all of his projects, did well on a lot of his tests, and he did receive really, really good grades. But when he received his transcripts, Then it just said, out of a number of 512 students in our class, he was way behind all these other students. Oh. And yeah, and, you know, he felt a little bad about it. He had been doing all his work and he thought that he should be higher. But then that got me thinking that another kid I talked to who was sort of in the same boat was perfectly fine with their, you know, class ranking. And so I started asking them a few more questions and it just figured out that the kid who was okay with it, even though he, um, you know, would want to have gotten a better ranking, the grades he got were the grades that he himself wanted. So, If you're motivated by something you want just to get these good grades for yourselves to increase your intellectual capabilities, this will be better than extrinsic motivation, like just a number on a list. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's something that we need to be instilling in our kids at a very young age. You know, with these sorts of participation awards, yeah, that might be um, a good way to, you know, get kids involved in different activities or something like that. But as they grow older, we need to make sure that they have their priorities in check and that, you know, they'll be able to bounce right back up and focus on a new sort of activity yeah, that... And, they- you know, uh,
0: ultimately it'll be healthier for them, right?
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean,
0: yeah, yeah, definitely. And, like, uh, I like what you're saying about motivation as well. And, yeah, and that's that's good for the kids because they'll be able to bounce back and then that'll know steer them clear of health issues depression you know mental issues and maybe even physical issues that might get them down uh is to kind of push them forward and make sure that they you know have their own goals in line uh, with themselves so that in the future they'll be healthier mentally and physically
3: yeah <laughs> definitely, definitely and you know um you know here at be the star you are we're all about Uh, positive teen reinforcement and all that but in the else elsewhere in the media there's so many negative things about teens and mental health you'll see uh Netflix shows like 13 reasons why where there is suicide and all that just like really taboo topics that I don't know if we want to be giving such a large platform to when we can instead use that same exact platform to teach kids on how to keep up their mental health
0: yeah, and I think, you know, I think I think that you know, we do have to have sort of an awareness of of these issues, mental issues, uh, things that teens will go through. But yeah, there's a lot of glorification of things like suicide, things like depression that is now circulating in the media. It's like trendy to be suicidal and depression uh, and have depression, which is absolutely not OK. You know, we need to teach kids how to avoid this because it's so awful for people who are going through those problems and people who are struggling to deal with these issues, it's, it's not romantic at all. Um, and so definitely, I think what we need to do, and I definitely agree with you, is to give more of a platform to positive media, you know, promoting the good side of life and uh, making sure to help people who are in that stage who may be have mental issues and are going through a hard time in life uh instead of romanticizing it and making it you know trendy or uh cool to have depression or you know be suicidal because that's a new trend quote unquote that's happening and it's definitely not okay
3: yeah and you know kind of going back to the whole intrinsic versus extrinsic motivation uh this can just lead to so many different opportunities for children, for teens everywhere. You know, um, working towards something just because you want to and not because somebody else wants you to, this can lead to things like maybe you discovering your passion. Maybe you want to go into a certain field as a result of how happy you felt after you accomplished something. Yeah. And, um. yeah, it's just, there's just so many other opportunities that can come out of this. And even if, let's say, you accomplish something and, you know, you feel good about it, but maybe that's not something that you really want to do again. Then you know that, you know, maybe something that you did isn't right for you, but you're happy that you put in that effort. You show that you have that work ethic and everything, and this will serve you better in the future, no matter what you end up doing.
0: Exactly, and so I have a question though uh, for you, Joven. Is um I I'm taking an AP Psychology class in high school, and we're you know it's the beginning of the school year, so we're starting out with these different terms and these different uh, perspectives to psychology and to how the mind works and how our behavior works. And so there's this thing called uh, behavioral psychology or the behavioral perspective, which is um you know motivation and teaching kids to follow a certain behavior or um you know, the the motivation idea, basically. Um, and then there's also the humanistic approach, which is kind of more the participation award, you know, like um, humans need love and acceptance, so we're going to give it to them. And so do you think, Joven, that there is a line between, you know, nurturing motivation and where should we stop praising, quote, quote, or giving out awards for participation and start motivating?
3: Yeah, so I think it's important to draw that line between praising and, you know, giving out participation awards because the praise and all of that is obviously very, very important. We want everyone to be praised for who they are, whether it's themselves and boosting their own self-esteem or other people praising them. But it's only really going to be effective for that person if they feel like they deserve it. So once they're motivated and they accomplish something, then lay on all the praise you want. They deserve it. and
1: yeah.
3: But it's not going to be effective for them at all if you know we just start praising them when they haven't done anything because that spark that we need to light for them, that fire that we need to have inside of them, all of that is going to come from within. And so that's not to say that there isn't things we should be working on. We need to be... Um, you know, showing them how to have this motivation for themselves. But we don't need to be just blindly praising them um, just because they themselves will know that it isn't genuine.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I remember getting uh, those participation ribbons and participation trophies from like swim team years. They just hand them out. It was like, you know, each kid, you stand in a line and you just get one. And it, you know, it does put a lot less value on the item. And then that brings to light the fact that maybe a person who got a trophy and worked hard for that trophy might also, you know, not experience the same euphoria, not be elated because, you know, everybody ends up getting one. Um, but also like school rankings. Um, do you, do you think stuff like school rankings, um, affects people, uh, to a kind of harm? Like, what is your opinion on school rankings? Do you think it's a good motivator or do you think we should back off on those?
3: You know, that's a good question. I just feel that, this system, and not even just class ranking, but our education system at large, you know, it focuses on all the wrong things. We're not really praising students for how intellectually capable they are. We're praising them for certain arbitrary criteria, like memorizing enough things for this test, memorizing enough things for that test. Or, um, you know, just participation sorts of things. So you know, I think that brings up a whole nother discussion onto how our overhaul our education system at large to help deal with you know teen mental stress and all that
0: definitely you know we're gonna have to gonna have to look over our education system well thank you so much joven for this wonderful conversation that was a great segment and you know i learned a lot uh, unfortunately that is all the time we have uh support our show audience and these amazing segments by donating to the be the star you are charity that brings you this program for more information on how to do this go to be the star you org and follow our
3: blog i'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Jovan Hundle. For more information, head on over to our website at www.bethestarur.org. Don't go anywhere as we continue our fascinating discussion on the gift of health.
1: I'm Brigitte Gia, and you are
0: listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Network, brought to you by the Be The Star You Are charity. For this segment, we are discussing the gift of health.
3: And I'm Jovan Hundle. In this segment, we'll be having a conversation about everyday health and the importance of living healthy physically and mentally. You know, as a teen-oriented program and with the new school year upon us, we need to make sure that our stress levels are low and that we're not cooped up at a desk all day. And so, Brigitte, how would you say, um, just, you know, to establish a foundation, how would you define just physical and mental health?
0: Um, I think physical and mental health, as they appear in everyday life, is kind of, especially for physical health, first of all, is maybe keeping fit, uh, getting enough sleep for each day uh, to you know, stay active each day mm-hmm. and then maintaining an active lifestyle even with school and social you know, like <laughs> happenings that are going on and then eating healthy and having a good diet is very very important and then moving on to mental health you know um, mental health is more about managing your time so that stress doesn't get to you even with APs and honors classes and IBs and all of that stuff and then uh, making sure that you're really happy with whatever you're accomplishing every day and taking a look at your state of mind Mind, maybe backing up a little if you feel frustrated or angry or disappointed, and finding ways of releasing and dissipating those
3: emotions. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And you know what's really interesting? Uh, just a small, you know, like factoid on both <laughs> physical and mental health. Uh, for physical health, uh, looking at sleep. Uh, apparently, if you get six hours of sleep or less. You act the same way and your brain functions the same way um, as if you were on, uh, if you had a blood level, like a blood alcohol content of, you know, 0.08, like if you were legally Uh drunk. Yeah. So it's the same, the same mental state, um, six hours of sleep and a blood alcohol content of 0.08 and your brain can't function well enough and, uh, you know, six hours of sleep, Or less, it just eats away at your ability to think, and you can't keep a clear mind. And then for uh, mental state, um, if you're if you're bottling in those emotions, it's like really, really, you know, hard to kind of release them all in a healthy way. Speaking of health, and um, oh, and then making sure you're happy with what you're doing. Uh, What you can do every day is I saw this tip on the internet where you're done with your day and you're getting ready to go to bed, but you feel as if maybe you haven't been too productive, maybe you should do a little something before you go to sleep, get some work done, uh, and you're making that decision, what you can do to motivate yourself is imagine, maybe a little creepy sounding, but like imagine <laughs> your 80-year-old uh, self looking... Uh, down on you or like judging what you're doing because at 80 you're not going to have a lot of time left right um you know our lifespan is just about that long at 80 you're gonna have done everything in life that maybe you set out to accomplish or you have done everything in life because you've lived 80 years and you don't have much time left so your youth you want to be able to use your time well and if you imagine just your 80 year old self looking at you thinking um you know is this uh, is was this a good way of using my time did i use my time effectively
3: mm-hmm.
0: um it's it's a good way to really motivate yourself and get going um because you'll look back on that time and think like did i do something productive you know
3: yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> yeah,
0: and so joven um What, uh, you know, like, what are some ways that you would say are most effective maybe to maintaining your own mental health? Or do you have any
3: tips uh, for the audience? Yeah, so um, I really like how you just said to just be happy about your surroundings. You know, that's the number one thing you need to do. Everything else is going to come from there. There's a really a powerful quote I read the other day that went like, if you had $86,400 and somebody steals 10 of those dollars, you're not going to spend the other 86390 trying to recover just those $10. So at the same way, if somebody says something that angers you, or anything bad happens, in a span of 10 seconds, you're not going to spend the other 86,390 seconds in the day just dwelling on that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, oh, I thought that was yeah. very powerful, Um, just to show that we need to keep things in context and make sure that we're not going to bring down our mood for something so trivial. And so if we remain just, you know, happy, everything else is going to fall from there. You're going to remain motivated to do your work. You're going to um, maybe socialize more, which will boost your self-esteem or anything along those regards. And so, yeah, you know, I think everything just stems from there. Yeah, happiness is really
0: important. And, like, <laughs> you know, it is... It is a little hard to uh, maintain one's happiness. Uh, I know, like, you know, sometimes you just feel a little down. But, like, yeah, the the important thing, I definitely agree with you there, is to kind of look at things in perspective. You know, um, if you had a rough day at school, remember that it's just one rough day. And, you know, building off of that uh, and the idea that, you know, um, you want to keep uh, in mind uh, the larger picture I was in psychology class again, harkening <laughs> back to <laughs> your last segment. I was in psychology class, and uh, we had kind of divided the class between um, listeners and talkers. And the listeners asked the talkers, like, "How do you manage to get out there without feeling embarrassed for whatever answer you say? What if you What if you say something wrong? What are you gonna do?" And uh, what was interesting was the talkers kind of went and said, "At the end of the day." I said one phrase, I said one piece of information, I said one answer, at the end of the day, even if I say something embarrassing, it's not going to impact me that much, and so I can you know, say whatever's on my mind, I can say whatever piece of information I have stored, because if I embarrass myself, it's not the end of the world. I can mm-hmm. get up from that, you know, it's, it's not something that's going to weigh upon my life forever. And so the important thing, you know, transferring that to joy and finding happiness every day and maintaining your happy outlook on life. Um, you know, we got to look for joy every day. And when you have a rough day, first of all, fake it until you make it. And then also, you know, there's going to be many more days to come. So don't worry. Um, there's there's always the happiness in life um, apart from the negativity. And the negativity will definitely not define all of your days and drag all of them down.
3: Absolutely. And if you make sure to have a happy look um, on the exterior, that is eventually going to translate on the interior. You know, whatever you project on the outside, if you keep projecting that way, and you want to make sure that you are that same way, then eventually it will happen inwardly.
0: Definitely, definitely. And you know what's also interesting is that, um, speaking of like, you know, putting something on the outside and feeling something different on the inside. Uh, there's there's a kind of, I don't know if it's a cultural phenomenon, but it's a, it's a thing that I see a lot in maybe uh, people our age, is that we tend to put on fronts because we think mm-hmm. something is embarrassing or something uh, is, you know, below our level or it'll ruin our reputation. <laughs> it won't make us fit in. But think the healthiest thing uh to do is just to go out there do that seemingly embarrassing thing if you enjoy it if you like it and feel good about yourself i um i practice i play violin and um a lot of kids will or a lot of teens will say i don't want to practice like that's not cool i have a social life like <laughs> i'm not gonna practice like whatever and it's become kind of the cool thing to not practice and to eat lunch with your friends instead of going in and, you know, prepping for your audition for your youth orchestra. And I kind of, I I thought about doing that. I thought about eating lunch with my friends and it was, it was a really big issue for me for a while. I was like, maybe I'll lose friendships because of this, or maybe I won't be regarded as cool or, you know, popular or Mm -hmm. I won't fit. Right. But I really like the violin. I really like playing. I like practicing and I feel like, I really want to put in a lot to go far in that regard. So I thought it might be healthier for me to accept who I am and <laughs> go out and practice the violin and be uncool. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm a lot happier right now practicing violin at lunch and in my free time. And it <laughs> be healthier. <laughs>
3: and, you know, yeah, you're absolutely healthier for it. These fronts that you were saying that a lot of us put on... In the long run, if we try and keep who we, if we try and keep that sort of disguise and mask on, and keep trying to hide our true selves, then we're never really going to be happy, and so we're never going to have a great mental state and all that. Because what we're projecting on the outside, it just is never going to translate inside. Then, if it's completely different and contrary to who we are.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And I think I, I feel like though, um, another good point is that. Uh, returning back to something we might have said in the beginning of the segment is that a lot of kids and a lot of teens have trouble feeling healthy or feeling happy in the first place. Mm -hmm. And that translates to their health. And so uh, I have pulled up uh, some tips on maybe staying healthy, both physically and mentally, and some tips on staying happy health um, physically and mentally. And so uh, here are some things, audience that you can maybe do, in your everyday life. Um, one of them is eating breakfast every day. Uh, that will speed up your metabolism and it'll help you digest your food and it'll help you maybe eat healthier because when we don't eat breakfast every day, we first of all, our mind, our brains don't get enough energy because we're not feeding them in the morning. You know, we've just kind of had like fast uh, during our sleep and we need to be able to regain some energy to be able to function. And then it also, again, speeds up your metabolism and you'll have less cravings, so you'll have less impulses to really just eat a whole bunch of junk food and, you know, maybe get a temporary rise off of that uh, kind of eating a lot of very high, like, caloric foods that might not be good for your system. And then, uh, guys, make sure you get enough sleep again uh, with the whole like blood alcohol content and then I find that um, when I personally get a very little sleep I get very cranky you know I get not happy I my happiness is gone I I don't have enough sleep I'm kind of angry <laughs> and I think sleep is really really important and everybody says that but in the end uh, it's really kind of very paramount that we as teens get enough sleep and Sometimes we got to put our cell phones away and make sure we get that.
3: (laughs) Oh, absolutely. You know, that's the single most important factor that if we do sleep and we're ready for the next day, you know, you're capable of anything. And so thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Unfortunately, we are out of time in this segment. This is our audience. Visit our radio site at expressyourselfteenradio.com for photos, descriptions, links, blogs, and more. I'm Joven Hundle.
0: I'm Brigitte Also, please visit our charity site at BeTheStarYouAre.org and watch our fun and informative videos at YouTube.com slash BeTheStarYouAre. Stay right here as we continue our fascinating discussion on the gift of hell.
2: Show the world your smile. Be the star you are.
1: If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarURRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryant and Heather Brittany. On Tuesdays at noon Pacific, teens talk and the world listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio on Voice America Kids. Come play with us at bethestarurradio dot com.
0: We don't care how you got here. We're just glad you showed up. You're listening to Voice America Kids.
3: Thank you for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. I'm Jovan Hundle, and our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. For this segment of Express Yourself, we are continuing our fascinating conversation on the gift of health.
0: Hi, Brigitte Gia. In this segment, we will be covering the meaning of health, uh, apart from the everyday health, and healthiness on a larger scale, going over what health means in literature, what it meant throughout history, and what it means to us today on a few different levels. Uh, we all know that the most common application of the word health has to do with matters of the body. And if I'm healthy, then that means I'm not ill and that I can function well. But, you know, there are many other things that health stands for. And the phrase healthy something, quote, quote, uh, can be used to signify a lot of different things. So um, I'm just going to quickly start it off. I think we always hear the phrase uh, a healthy city or a healthy area, a healthy school, a healthy atmosphere, those terms. We always hear the word health uh, being applied to a living area or, you know, a, a, an area in which humans function. And so I personally think that uh, the phrase a healthy place or a healthy city, a healthy province, et cetera, uh, means kind of maybe a good condition of existence, a good living condition, specifically uh, in terms of a city, a healthy city, it means cleanliness and sanitation, a welcoming atmosphere, friendly inhabitants, low crime rates, maybe uh, low traffic rates or uh, good work. Uh, maybe people always say that the city is alive, that or like the heart of the city, the arm of the city, uh, the city's surroundings, maybe the city's bodies. And so we've come to see cities and living places, a place where the human body inhabits. Uh, as also kind of a living thing, uh, as a thing that may be healthy or ill. We hear, like, uh, the city is sick, or this. Um, uh, there's that one one Republic song that starts with, um, I think it's, this town is colder now, it's getting sick of us. And so we see, <laughs> you know, we see the terms healthy and ill and sick being applied to cities. Um, and we're seeing cities being personified um because they maybe they're the products of humans, I guess, because humans live in cities, we then come to think of cities as these places that are alive, that can be healthy, that can be sick. And I just thought it was super cool that you know, health can be used to describe a city's state, a city's you know welcoming atmosphere or. Uh, you know, cleanliness levels, sanitation levels. And I thought that was a really cool uh, use of the word health that is not as common as maybe the more normal or more heard of definition. Uh, what do you
3: think, Jovan? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's so many things that, you know, we can apply this sort of gnomer to. Um, yeah, you know, uh, the how you are saying, uh, all these different factors for a healthy city. And then, you know, you look at places like Sin City or Vegas or New York, and certain areas of that place that don't always have these sorts of factors. And so, yeah, you know, it's a very really interesting way to kind of distinguish between different areas. You know, there's still a lot of cities in America, unfortunately, that have very low literacy rates. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of interesting to see the word health maybe applied to that sort of statistic or anything like that as well. And so, you know, kind of transitioning then talking more about the usage of health to describe different things. Uh, what about, you know, like a healthy relationship? Uh, do you have any sort of info on that or how you can use health to apply to that?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think a healthy relationship, um, you know, often signifies or at least in our culture, it signifies uh, maybe a balance of power, um, like a like a stability within a relationship. Uh, trusting is often something that people put out there um, when they characterize a healthy relationship and they talk about like good communication. I think it's trust and communication are the two things that people cite when they talk about a healthy relationship. And uh, that's that's a good way to use maybe the word health. I think it's pretty useful because relationships, again, are in between people. And so people will categorize them uh, as kind of humanistic as well. Mm-hmm. Like they'll give relationships traits um, to kind of describe them and to relate them to themselves. So, you know, Joven, I think maybe we can discuss a little bit more about healthy relationships and how to avoid or get out of not healthy relationships because like healthy uh, relationships or lack thereof lead to healthy people or unhealthy people. And so, you know, yeah. yeah, What do you what do you think are signs of maybe an unhealthy relationship? And maybe do you have any
3: ways of resolving an unhealthy relationship? Yeah, so that's a good question. You know, communication obviously has to be the main focus in a relationship. Both people do need to be on the same page. If they both want the same things, if their, you know, desires, everything like that is all on the same page, then, you know, that's a great foundation to build on. If you don't have that stable foundation of communication and just being able to talk to each other then it's going to be really hard for the relationship to progress. And which might always not necessarily be a bad thing. If you don't have communication with a person, then that's okay. It's just that the person's not right for you. And so if you can't, you know, just sit down and talk to them and have a normal conversation where you express maybe something that you've kept bottled up or any of your inner desires or anything like that. And if you can't just do that, then that is an unhealthy relationship right there. Or on the other hand, if you can do that, but the other person just can't, you know, that might not even be that you're comfortable in the relationship. That just might be, you know, your personality. So uh, It kind of goes both ways there as well.
0: Yeah yeah definitely um I definitely agree with you that was that was a perfect synopsis of you know unhealthy unhealthy relationships and you know what you might find in one and Um, it's important, I think, to get out of those kind of relationships or at least, you know, find a way to resolve them or, you know, nurse them back to health again with the, with the personification of the relationship. Um, but, you know, I, I personally have an experience with this where I had a, I had a friend, a longtime friend, um, and. Um, there was always, again, lack of balance and lack of communication in our relationship. And she's she's a great person, and you know we we both have our flaws and we both have our pros and cons, uh, so to say. Um, but it was just getting is getting a little difficult to you know feel good about myself when I hung out with her when we partnered for different projects, and it was a little rough for me. And I think. Um, I decided to just resolve it to say, you know, hey, we're different people, maybe we don't work that well together, and I guess we just need to kind of move on. And so I think uh, a lot of times in today's society, what we're seeing is, you know, the idea of like, friends are forever and friends are always there for you, which is absolutely true. You know, friendship is very, very important, and we need it to kind of survive as human beings But um, some friendships, you know, are long-term friendships and some friendships are Mm -hmm. short-term friendships. And, you know, at times you just have to kind of take a step back from the relationship. Look at it, like see if it's beneficial to you and to the other person in the relationship. See if it's healthy, you know, go over all those signs that you just mentioned about, you know, bottling things up and, you know, not being happy And sometimes you've just got to, you know, call it a day. (laughs) You say, okay, I don't think that well together. It is definitely very sad. I I talked to another friend of mine um, when I was feeling kind of down about it. I was like, should I continue this friendship? Like, it it seems sad to just let it go away, Mm -hmm. but... At the end of the day, it wasn't doing either of us uh, at where we are in life right now uh, any good to really try to continue it. And sometimes you've just got to end it, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
3: which yeah. Is, yeah, a little sad, but um, <laughs> sometimes that's just the way it goes. Yeah, you know, and that brings up an important point. I like how you said, I like how you're talking about that then, because it's important to recognize that. Everybody can be your friend, you just have to be able to distinguish who's your friend and who are your best friends. You know, kind of along those lines. And you know, there's always some some sort of toxic friendship out there which, you know, are going to hurt you a lot in the long run. Where so what you need to be able to focus on then is are you and your friend both getting more out of the friendship? then, you know, you're necessarily putting in, you know, the whole, the sum of the whole, I'm sorry, I messed that up. Oh, no, no, uh, okay. <laughs> um, the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. I mean, okay. I'm sorry, yeah. the sum of its parts is greater than each individual part. Mm,
0: yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, thank you uh, for clearing that up. That is, <laughs> that is a really good reinforcement uh, to my decision. And yeah, you know, sometimes you've just got these toxic relationships that you really have to remove yourself from and you know there may be the other party may have control over you or may urge you to do things that you don't want to do or things that you know will kind of have a bad resolution Um, but you know you do it for them because they're your friend but sometimes are not acting as your friend, or mm-hmm. they're they're doing it for their own reasons, for their own—I uh, hate to say—entertainment, but you know, for their own mm-hmm. for their own benefits, I guess. Um, and sometimes they may be getting more out of a relationship than you are, or both of you may not be getting anything productive really out of this relationship. And I think that's that's when you kind of need to back off and let it go, and. Yeah, I think yeah. for our audience out there, if you guys are you know, having a hard time with that as well, um, keep that in mind. And um, if you have a friend who you don't think helping you out too much um, and you don't think you're really able to give them enough either, it is okay. It's okay to let go of that friendship. You know, it's not, even though there's so much stuff about Friendship is forever. It's okay. Some friendships do need to be put away because it's not really benefiting anyone. Uh, well, thanks so much, Jovan, for this wonderful conversation. Uh, it was great to be able to discuss all of this stuff with you. Uh, unfortunately, we are out of time, and so, audience, during the break, be sure to check out our charity site at btsya.org, which stands for the Be The Star You Are 501C3 Literacy and Positive Media Charity. More information is under events at our
3: website at btsya.org. I'm Brigitte Gia. And I'm Jovan Hundle. Visit www.expressyourselfteenradio.com for more information about our show. And when we come back, we will be continuing our inspiring conversation on the gift of health.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice
0: America
3: Kids. Our program is Express Yourself. I'm Brigitia, and today's hour is all about the gift of health. And I'm Jovan Handel. We'll be con- closing the show today with the reading of a chapter from our founder, Cynthia Bryan's book, Be the Star You Are 99 Gifts for Living, Loving, Laughing, and Learning to Make a Difference. Uh, titled The Gift of Health, like today's show, here's a chapter penned by Cynthia herself. So, everybody agrees that health is better than wealth. So why do most people abuse their bodies and take wellness for granted until they've lost it? My daddy was a mountain of a man. He was as strong as an ox, could lift his five children at one time, and swim upstream while pulling a parade of rafts full of frolicking children. Working on the rams provided lots of natural exercise, plowing fields, mending fences, fixing tractors and trailers, building barns, digging reservoirs, and running irrigation pipes. He ate three healthy meals a day, surrounded by love for my mom and their five children. He breathed clean air and lived a relatively stress-free life. I don't remember him ever being sick his entire life, with no colds, flus, or headaches. Then one day, at age 62, he threw up blood and fainted. We rushed into the hospital, where a gigantic tumor was found in his stomach. He had a very rare cancer.
0: When we were, while we were fighting for my dad's life talked about what factors, besides heredity, might have contributed to his cancer. One possibility was cigarettes. Dad had begun smoking when he was in the army. In those days, no one knew the dangers of cigarette smoke. He was encouraged, and cigarettes were even given out free to soldiers. Dad smoked until the 1960s, when new inf- medical information became available. He quit cold, but it wasn't soon enough.
3: Another possibility was farm chemicals. In his early years of farming, he had used weed killers now known to be carcinogens. Then, in the 1960s, a glut of grapes brought low prices, and her family almost lost the ranch to creditors. Dad experienced great stress trying to keep up with the payments while feeding five children. The tragic loss of his father, killed by a falling tree, and of his son, killed by a falling tractor, took its toll. The drought years of 1985 to 1992 brought enormous stress because Dad didn't know how much longer his vineyards could hold out with no water. His life's work hung in the balance.
0: Of course, no one can say what caused the cancer. Dad and his doctors felt that if he had never smoked or been exposed to carcinogens or if he had been uh, able to communicate his emotions more clearly, that this cancer might not have occurred. He'd been healthy his entire life and was grateful for that. Dad didn't want to die, but he had lived his dreams and felt fulfilled. Dad had a happy man, but he died too young. We miss him deeply. Death made me look closely at how I live.
3: I want to be as healthy as possible for as long as I can. Diets and health fads had never been part of my vocabulary. Growing up on the farm, we were very healthy youngsters. We ate the tasty, nourishing food we grew, we worked daily in the fields, which kept our bodies finely tuned, and we laughed, played, prayed, talked, shouted, and hugged, which reminded us that we were a growing, alive family. In those days, I had never even heard of dieting or exercise. Living a healthful lifestyle came naturally.
0: Then I went away to college. No longer did I have fields or gardens to raid when preparing my dinner, nor farm work to keep my muscles toned. Of course, no family support around me. Two jobs to pay my tuition while carrying a full course load at the university. First, I was fine. I managed a health food store and was quickly spotted for a television commercial promoting vitamins. The character I played was supposed to be so healthy because she took all those vitamins. Truth, I had never had a vitamin pill or supplement in my life. My mom's great cooking uh, the whole organic, homemade, uh, homegrown produce.
3: As time went by, my healthful eating habits deteriorated. I had so little money for food that I made poor choices and purchased items that were not necessarily good for me. Lots of sugary and fatty things interspersed with fast foods became the norm. A few years later, I paid for my poor college eating habits with severe hypoglycemia. As I gained weight, I experimented with diets. The more I dieted, the more I gained and the worse I looked and felt. Then one day, a light bulb went on in my head. I remember the farm and my enormous appetite, and the fact that I had never gained weight or been sick. I'll share my inspiration with you. Allow yourself to eat anything you want. Don't diet. Don't binge. Eat when you are hungry. Eat what you want, when you want, as much as you want. Give yourself permission to do so without guilt. Don't deprive yourself of anything.
0: Sounds like a recipe for disaster? No, and here's why. Once you allow yourself to have anything you wish, you don't crave everything all the time. Your metabolism will adjust to its ideal level, and you'll have a healthy body once again. Eventually, you'll eat in moderation, consuming all those things that are good for you, like grains and fresh fruits and vegetables. Of course, I still get cravings from time to time. Dark chocolate mostly, and I indulge myself fully. Past my craving would mean consuming an entire box of truffles. Now I am really satisfied after one or two. It's by revelation I have been at constant dress size for two decades and I just don't
3: worry about it. The leading causes of death in America are heart disease, cancer, AIDS, and alcoholism, followed by accidents, pulmonary disease, influenza, diabetes, and suicide. Poor diets, alcohol, drugs, and cigarettes are the main sources of abuse. Over and over, Americans choose profit over clean air and water, adequate exercise, reduced stress, sufficient sleep, nourishing foods, and personal relationships. If someone put you in a high-stress fun-house room, deprived you of sleep and human contact, kept you from moving out, and fed you only high-fat, high-salt fast foods, maybe even piping in noxious fumes, you'd feel mightily abused. Yet, so many Americans choose this life voluntarily.
0: Yes, it is possible to be happy without health, but why wreck your health intentionally? Watch your diet, eat more fruits and vegetables, exercise regularly, sleep and rest, reduce stress, shun fast foods, laugh a lot, and love more. Spanish proverb says, a man too busy to take care of his health is like a mechanic too busy to take care of his tools. Body is all you've got, No no refunds, take care of it.
3: And here's a short little exercise, then, to decide, are you healthy? Ask yourself some questions. Are you in good shape? Do you exercise? Are you overweight or underweight? Do you smoke? Do you use drugs? Do you abuse alcohol? Is your cholesterol over 180? Is your blood pressure high? Do you have healthy relationships with others? If you're not happy with some of your answers, there's only one person in the world who can do anything about it. The natural reaction is to make drastic changes, but resist the impulse. Take it one small step at a time. What can you start today that will have positive effects on the rest of your life? Start with the physical from your doctor or health practitioner. Each day, walk a few more steps until you build slowly from a block to a mile. Eat two fruits you enjoy each day. Drink an extra glass of water, or once a week, choose a salad over an order of french fries. And every day for the next week, do one nice thing for someone you know and for someone you don't know.
0: At the end of a month, take a long look at yourself in the mirror. What do you see? Are you feeling better about yourself? Be on your one-step-at-a-time journey to healthy living. Add positive habits little by little. Nothing happens overnight. Health is a lifelong commitment. Being healthy has a profound effect on your happiness and quality of life, and it's worth, worth the effort Ah, uh, here's a quote: "Health is wealth. Are you rich? If not, why not? So, you know, um, just building off of this is a great chapter. Thank you, Cynthia, for writing such a wonderful <laughs> thing for us to read. Um, you know i've I've had my own struggles. I, I feel like i I relate a lot to especially um, weight and um, talking about that. Um, i was I was overweight as a kid, and until maybe relatively recently, uh, I was overweight. And it was very rough because my parents, my mom is like supermodel skinny. She's like, she's got an incredible body. She's maintained it for all of her 47 years. And, you know, sometimes she'd be like, you need to eat healthier. You need to do a bunch of stuff. And um, what I do every year, or I, I do track and field as a part of my high school sport. And what ends up happening is I'll lose a bunch of weight from that intense physical exercise. But every year I would see myself... Be gaining it because I didn't have a healthy diet. So once that exercise source went away, I just end up being crappily and gaining all that weight back. So what I did this year was before the track season started, like months before it started, I took a look at my diet and I said you know, I'm eating so many carbohydrates, I'm eating all of this white rice, uh, which is fine, you know, if your diet is white rice, and you choose to eat that way. But I thought maybe if I reduced some of this white rice um, intake, and I switched to brown rice or oatmeal or something healthier, and then I ate more vegetables, that would help me keep my weight uh, at a lower number that was healthier. And so I started doing that. And it took me a few months and then the track season kicked in and I dropped 40 pounds <laughs> um, uh, which is whoa whoa there it was, it was a lot for me and for others too a lot of people were like wow what happened to you and it was a nice feeling uh, to be able to reach a goal of dropping weight and what ended up happening was I was able to maintain my lower weight because uh, after the track season ended because I had this new diet going on because I changed my lifestyle and not just the amount of exercise I got for a short time. I just uprooted my diet entirely, worked on getting it healthy so that even after an intense period of energy uh, spending, you know, f- was finished, I would still be able to maintain uh new weight that I'd gotten to and keep being healthy and Work out a lot still and build up some muscle and stay at the the new weight that I found, kind of. And I, you know, I just relate personally kind of to mm-hmm. Cynthia's chapter and her own struggles. And I feel like it kind of resonates with mine as well. And so, Joven, you know, do you have an, any personal experiences that you'd like to share as well?
3: Um you know you know if i can quickly uh, before i answer that question you know i just wanted to you know highlight again that number one good on you for going through all of that and number two you know it really reflects you know how towards the end of the chapter it was talking about how the only person who can institute all these changes then is you yourself um, you know, that intrinsic motivation. It's better than extrinsic motivation. Here we go! <laughs> <laughs> if you come full circle. And if you put your mind to something like this, then, you know, anything's possible. Uh, personally, you know, I've kind of always been very, very underweight. I, you know, whatever I sort of eat, I, you know, I can't gain weight. I end up being very underweight. And so, you know, I've been, you know, experimenting with a few different things. I'm hoping to sort of, uh, kind of stick to a diet better this time than right. I have in the past and yeah so you know working on that I'll give you an update soon enough all right
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> and so you know this is a very terrific uh, conversation and an entire show about health and be the star you are sadly it is time to say farewell we give our thanks to star style Productions, Cynthia Bryan be the star you are and our voice America kids crew especially our engineer Matt Thanks to our guests and reporters from across the world, and thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. I'm Jovan Hundle.
0: Hi, Brigitte Gia. You have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. For information on our creative community, go to expressyourselfteenradio.com and our main site at bethestarur.org. Until next week, be kind, stay in good health, and be here.
1: Remember to express yourself. Stars could shine between the lines if you would let yourself